0: Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. I started in ministry when I was a teenager. Loving God and desiring to serve Him, I continually found myself teaching and in leadership positions. But I also frequently found myself being misunderstood with conflicts swirling around me. I didn't get it. I was just trying to do my job and serve God. I get it now, though. I was not a congruent woman. I was incongruent. I had true beliefs, but false beliefs, too. My thoughts were honoring and dishonoring to God. My words held mixed messages. I acted in ways that were good and bad. And my feelings were all over the map. People didn't know what to do with me. To an extent, this is every Christian's dilemma. No one ever arrives at perfection. That doesn't mean, however, we should not address the problem areas. No one likes working with a hot mess. Cleaning up our act is hard work. Paul expressed this difficulty well in Romans 7, verse 19. The NIV says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do this i keep on doing well if paul struggled with it you know we will too so what does it mean to be congruent and why should we care why does this matter to be congruent means to be in agreement to be harmonious just like sour chords make a musical performance painful to hear so discord in people makes them unpleasant to be around When we are congruent, our true beliefs result in healthy actions. And truthful thoughts produce kind and edifying words. Our feelings are positive and peaceful more than they are dissonant and negative. All this adds up to living a life that is content, fulfilled, and peaceful. It's very satisfying. So that is the what... A harmonious life now for the why this might surprise you but it isn't just because it's better for you all the way around it isn't simply so you can be a healthier person with healthier relationships we need to pull the lens back and see the bigger picture here who is your creator God made you for a purpose you were not born by an act of random chance and god didn't make you just to simply add to the population you're here for a reason there's both an individual reason and a corporate reason god has a specific plan for your life that is not like any other person's plan he puts you together in a specific way to accomplish a specific plan i've already shared a lot on the subject of identity so i'm not going to go any further on that today Check out my podcast on identity, particularly the Victim Identity Part 3, if you want more on that topic. But there is also a corporate reason, and that is to worship God, a very big subject. I'm not just talking about sitting in church for an hour on Sunday. God has asked us to worship him with our entire life. Deuteronomy 6.13 says, You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him. Our purpose is to serve God, not serve ourselves. Romans to 2 says in the NIV, uh, and this speaks to our subject today in a deep and significant way, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. To offer our bodies as a living sacrifice is to give God everything. We are giving our life back to him in response to the life and salvation he has given us. Paul says, it is our true and proper worship. We have to forsake the world's ways and this requires we think differently about everything. This must happen first before we will ever discover our individual purpose. We are to be a community of believers in Jesus Christ who seek to bring honor and And glory to God in the, number one, beliefs we hold. Number two, the expression of our feelings. Number three, our speech. Number four, our choices. And number five, our thoughts. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. The plan is for our life to emanate a single message. I live to glorify God. (laughs) Now, that's a massive subject, and I only have a few minutes to address it today. So I'm going to focus on how working toward congruency will equip us to live a God-honoring life. This is why we want to get healing. This is why we work through our garbage piles and strive hard to get free from our bondage so we can worship God and live the life he created us to live. The end goal is not about us. It's about God. We're here to serve him, not ourselves. That's a very hard concept for our pride to handle. It's time to grow up in the Lord, and this requires we begin operating in truth. It isn't enough to know what the Bible says. We now need to live it. And we're not much use when we are not pulling in the same direction. If my thoughts say, God wants to use me. And my beliefs say, I'm not valuable to God. It will create confusion and paralysis. If my words say, yes, I love you. And my actions are selfish and unkind. I will be at odds with myself and others. If my beliefs say, I'm going to believe Jesus and follow him. And my heart is brimming over with wounds of betrayal and abandon <laughs> abandonment. I won't get very far, that's for sure. As long as we are primarily incongruent, we will have a difficult time living our intended purpose. It would be like trying to run a race with one leg pointed forward and the other backward. We would do nothing but fall over. We need our feet pointed in the same direction, and we need our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs to do the same. Getting there is hard work. I don't meet many people who are willing to do that work. I meet many who want healing, but it's usually propelled by a desire to be out of pain. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be out of pain. God wants that for you, too. But healing is a means to more than just you. So part of this issue is seeing the big picture, the true reason for your life, and then choosing to pursue that. It is an act of our will. We have to want this. But there's another large factor at work here, the Holy Spirit. We can't even begin to get out of the gate here if the Holy Spirit is not working in us. This means we have to be God's child, and then we have to submit to him. In other words, we have to have a real relationship with the Lord so he has access into all of these areas. It is not possible to do it on our own. We're too prideful and selfish. God has to work in our mind. As Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we do have a real relationship with the Lord, spending time each day with Him, reading Scripture, bringing our lives before Him, then He will direct us right into the middle of His individual will for us. Getting there requires humility, as Paul goes on to say in Romans 12, verses 3 to 8 in the NIV. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, are an island we're part of a corporate body will we do our part for the sake of everyone we all have gifts and god is not pleased when we waste our gifts he gave them to us for a reason they are meant to be used but we also need to be healthy enough to operate out of our gifts in a way that is beneficial to people philippians 1 6 says being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God has begun a good work. Will we let him finish it? So basically, there are five areas of our being that we want to work toward congruency. Our beliefs, our actions, our thoughts, our words, and our feelings. And it starts with beliefs. I've said it many times, but it's true. Beliefs are the engine that run our train. Our beliefs are our operating software, determining how we handle everything. If our beliefs are false, we'll never have any success getting the other four areas in line. We'll be frustrated at every turn. That's because our actions are determined by our beliefs. Our thoughts are formed by our beliefs. Bad beliefs lead to bad ideas and choices. True beliefs come from the Word of God and the character of God. Got to know God and read the Bible to know what's true and what's false. Truth comes from God. Belief begins our relationship with God. Believing in Jesus as the Son of God, our Savior. True belief starts our life on the right track. This is a lifelong process. No one had purely true beliefs except Jesus. The rest of us are in process. I have a podcast on beliefs called How Is Your Software Program. If you want more on this subject. Second is actions. The more our beliefs are true, the more our actions will glorify God. Micah 6.8 is our guide verse for our actions. It says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God tells us we are to do the right thing, and he doesn't let us off the hook just because others are not doing the right thing. We don't just read the word or listen to it being preached. We put it into action. We seek to make our life more and more a reflection of God's truth. I have a podcast just on Micah eight. It's called Where is Justice? If you want more on that subject. Thoughts are third. Our thoughts and our appetites have something in common. They both need to be fed. What are you feeding your thoughts, slime and garbage or beauty and truth? Your thoughts will be a reflection. You may think you can't control your thoughts, but that is not true. You are the only one who can control your thoughts. Take stock of what you watch on television and on your devices, what you listen to, your music, what you read. What are you ingesting from the Internet? It all affects your mind and influences your thoughts. It affects what you think about yourself, about other people, what you think about God, and the value of life. For more on your thought life, check out my podcast, Help. My mind is driving me crazy. Two more areas, words and feelings. Thoughts and beliefs strongly affect our words, what we say to people. Healing impacts our words, too. If we are not a hot mess all the time, it's easier to speak in ways that are kind and respectful. God asks that our words be edifying, that they build people up, not tear them down. And, of course, lying will never bring glory to God. We should always tell the truth. Having feelings of joy, peace, and contentment are a natural byproduct of healing So we don't work on our feelings so much as we work on relinquishing our wounds. The feelings naturally heal from there. If we have false belief, lots of painful feelings, bitter thoughts, and hateful words, we're going to have a terrible time moving toward congruency. It's going to be too hard. We'll never make it. Being congruent isn't exactly easy, even when we do believe God and have allowed him to heal us. But at least then we have a fighting chance. But keep in mind, being congruent in our beliefs, actions, thoughts, words, and feelings is the work of the Holy Spirit inside us. We cooperate with the Spirit by trusting God, and he does the work. You cannot do this any other way. I want to close with Isaiah 61.3. The NIV says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God wants our life to display his glory everywhere we go. If you want help becoming congruent, consider joining a Healing Journey class. It'll help you get there. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes, or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.